Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Ethan Suplee. Welcome to American Glutton. Outside of acting, my two favorite things to do are diet and eat. I have a very complicated relationship with food, and on this podcast, we're going to talk about all of it. Food as entertainment. Food as sport. Food as fuel. I'll talk to experts and the average person, just like you and me. Today on American Glutton Podcast, we welcome Jeff Beecher. Jeff Beecher is an American producer, entrepreneur, and master of ceremonies who created, produced, and hosted the long-running live theater series Beecher's Madhouse. Jeff Beecher has gone through a radical physical transformation, and I'm so excited to have this conversation for you. Jeff Beecher, welcome to the American Glutton Podcast. It's an honor, Ethan, to have me here. Thank you for coming. You're welcome. I've known you a long time, and we have both undergone kind of radical physical transformation. How much did you lose total? That is tricky because I lost a bunch of weight, and then I gained a shitload back, and then I lost again. So if you just want from my heaviest to now, that's a number, but from my heaviest to my lightest, and then back up really heavy again, and then back <laughs> let's, down. Let's just throw numbers out so, so your fans can just understand quickly. Heaviest to lightest? Yeah. Heaviest was, I believe I was heavier than this, but the heaviest I ever was was on a freight scale. I was 536. Wow. But I'm pretty sure I gained weight yeah, from Yeah, the scale. There. See, people don't understand how the scales, even electronic ones, stop after a certain number. Yeah. No, this was like a shipping scale. It was gigantic, yeah. and you had to add I used to go through all time. to it. My, my scales wouldn't work, and then I got an electric one, and the electric one stopped at like 300 or something like yeah. that. It was crazy. I mean, I remember as a kid, I don't even think you'd see 300 on a scale like people just didn't get that big no i never in a million years i remember as a kid i would like when i started gaining weight i'd be like all right just don't break 200 just don't break then it was like don't break 250 don't break 300 yeah. don't break 350 i was like what the fuck I'm yeah dead all those milestones yeah it's yeah. crazy 400 i broke 400 bro no was it 340 yeah oh, yeah i broke 400 yeah 
Yeah. I mean, that's that's one of those yeah. wonderful the things you have in your head that you will never get rid of. It's going to be with you forever. Like me, I'm going to have these fucking figures in my head forever, which is part of the motivation to keep going, I think. Yeah. So wait, so you were at 530 and you got down to what? The lightest I ever was, was around 200, just over 200. So 330 pounds. Yeah, but I'm- That's fucking impressive. 260 right now. But that's, you're, you stacked the muscle. But 16% body fat. I had to go back up to around 400 and then come back down to uh, 260. Bro, I've been fat and skinny up until 2014 when I actually changed my life, which we can get into in a little bit. I was fat and skinny 10 times. I mean- Yeah. It's when you finally make the decision to change your brain. I don't know, with you, with me, it was all about my brain. You know, you, your head's right and your body gets right. Yeah. So what was it in 2014 that did it for you? Oh, it was a lot. I mean, I had a mental breakdown in 2008 and I had like one little one in between with like a day or two. The one in 2008 was six months and that got me skinny. So I went from like, I think I was 350, 370 to like 200, 210. And I was like, woo. And then I went on tour and that, that, ironically, it was right around the recession. So I guess it was a lot to do with the stress from having a show and having whatever I wanted in Las Vegas to like, my, I'll never forget this meeting. My accountants were like, you have no money. And I was like, okay, whatever. I'll just do a show. They're like, no one's hiring. Like, you, there's no shows. It's over. It's done. And I was like, I'll, I'll book shows. I'll book shows. Cause you know, book a show, you make 50, 150 grand cash net, you know? And, uh, they were just like, no one's booking you. And I was like, what do you mean I have no money? Like, I can't just do a show and make money? Because my whole life, I was able to do a show and make money. Yeah. And then it was over. So I'm home. I'm depressed. I was miserable. And then, you know, one day I get a call. And I start going on tour. I start making a lot of money. And I was like, but it was like, let me see, 2008. Yeah. I mean, I was home with like no money for a good six, seven months. Like just a mess, crying, total disaster. And then I didn't work on my brain. I just worked on my body, but I lost the weight, but it was just like, like I coded up the problems. Right. And then I went on a crazy busy business run, just selling out the show two and a half years on the road. We crushed it. And then we went to LA and went back to Vegas and I was back in Vegas in 2014. And that's when I was like, shit, like the business was, my partner died the week we were opening that ran the operations and was like my, he was like an older brother to me and a visionary and just genius. And anyway, he passed away from a heart attack running on the beach. And then I was just met left with like doing the whole thing for the business. All well, by myself. Well, I don't know your partner. Was he a healthy guy or incredibly healthy? So guy. just a random heart attack yeah. on the beach. He was running seven miles every morning. Like, and then just dropped dead one day. Yeah. Were there other factors? No, nothing. He's a great guy. I mean, he was a great guy. Created the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. He had a big management company, producer, director, like just dope, dope guy. Right. Jeff Pollock was his name. That's awful. And, uh, yeah, anyway, so that was that. And then I was stuck doing that all by myself. And that was just a disaster. And I had to run the show. So October 2014, I, I took a month off, which is like, you can't run a show and like take a month off. But little Donnie, um, the little person, he ran the show, which to everyone's Surprise, he did an unbelievable job producing all month with me gone and, and him seeing it. And he, he curved his alcohol and drug addiction a little bit to uh, to help run the company. So right. I was really proud of him. With that said, um, I went to this vegan retreat in Florida called Hippocrates. It's very extreme. It's, it's raw vegan and it's not for everybody. But what I did was I went there. I didn't know where to go. It was either get the stomach surgery. I was, or back to like, back in 2008, I left out of fire. I went to a rehab, but I don't even do drugs. I went to a rehab for like mental depression and like anxiety I was getting and all this. And I li I'll never forget leaving the rehab. It was just, it was crazy. Cause like my best friend put me there 
And he was like, why are you leaving? It's crazy. Why are you leaving? And I was like, bro, I'm like, this place is like, I mean, like therapy and all this fucked up shit. And they like asked me to go to AA meetings and I don't even drink that much. Like it was just weird. And so I, I punched out of that, but I went through the cycle and like understood it. Um, so back to 2014, my friend's like, you got to do something like, you know, you're out of control again. And I was 440, I think was my, so it was like 440 or something, or maybe I lost a little bit of weight. It was for something. I can get the exact documents, but it was way over 400. And uh, I went through all the different options. Do I go to a rehab? Do I get, you know, mental health? Do I get this? Do I get that? And a buddy of mine went to this place where they, it's like a full life reboot. And they teach you how to do raw vegan. You go to meditation. You do therapy. And you do all this stuff. So I went there. And for the first time ever since I was like 16, I actually spent a month just worrying about myself, my body, my brain, and getting my shit together. <clears throat> and I did it incredibly successfully. Um, I lost 40 pounds that month. And I started doing therapy, which I never did before. Started meditating. I started like really learning about food. I was living in hotels. I don't know if you knew this, but I lived in hotels for about 20 years. Yeah. You know, so I lived in the Hard Rock. I lived in, you know, hotel suites whenever I was traveling and touring. But like I lived in the Hard Rock Hotel in Las Vegas for five years. I lived in the Roosevelt Hotel in Hollywood for five years. And I, I didn't just live in them. I was the face of them. And I was the headliner in those cities at the hottest thing at those times, you know? So I was living a crazy party life. I lived in the Mirage, I lived in the MGM in Vegas. Like, it was incredible times. It's hard not to... When you were working in Vegas, did you never have the urge to buy a house? Or you just, I mean, like... Things I understand now, like owning homes and real estate, I didn't understand when I was the Jeff Beecher running Beecher's uh, Yeah, but I don't even mean from an investment standpoint. No, like, just as every I standpoint. would go to your event... Mm-hmm. And definitely enjoy myself, but there's a point where I want to escape and like go do something else. I feel like if you're yeah, at the hotel, escape, you're never escaping. My escape was to go run and create Peaches Madhouse, you know, right. create the greatest live show of all time. Right. That's what my escape was to do that. And I didn't realize that till I went to this vegan place in Florida in October 2014. You know, I was like, oh shit, I got to make a change. You know, and then right after that, I went to my buddy who was the president of the, of the hotel, and I was just like, "Look, I gotta, I gotta get out of this deal." You know, and he was like, "All right, you know, we'll meet again." And um, he's an awesome, awesome guy, and and uh, one of my best friends, and he let me out of the deal, and it took a long time, but we got out of it, and it's a twenty year deal at the MGM. Wow. Yeah, but I needed to do this to focus on my health and myself, and I'm most. I mean, right now I'm vegan. Like yeah. during quarantine, I was vegan. I've lost. 25 pounds so far. Oh, wow. Yeah, because I started traveling a lot for work around countries. And I do, uh, right after um, I stopped being a headliner in Vegas, I started working for Airbnb. And I was the the entertainment relations consultant. So I did all the celebrity relations for this company. um, And I came in at a great time. It was, you know, taking off and... They're already worth billions and billions of dollars, and the crew was great. And my good friend is one of the founders. And anyway, it was an incredible run we had there. And I was with them for about three and a half years as a consultant. And uh, I just started traveling around the world. But as I started traveling a lot, I put on a little bit of weight, a little bit of weight, a little bit of weight. And then the last year was a lot. And that's when I gained like 40 pounds back. Yeah. And then, and, but, and you're halfway through getting rid of that just yeah. during the quarantine. Yeah. I never, I didn't commit mentally. I didn't commit. I dropped 240 and I really needed to lose another 20, 25 pounds. And I knew how hard it was. And I was really enjoying being, you know, 200 pounds. Yeah. And I just didn't want to not be that 200 pounds and wait, you know, I, I sacrificed for so long just to get back to healthy yeah. and alive and like, no, I'm not dead. I mean, I used to, I don't know if you went through this, but like when I was so fat, I would, 
literally like be like, am I fucking alive? Like I remember seeing like little Donnie and like my dog in Vegas, like stuck on the balcony and like being like, is this fucking real? There's dog shit everywhere. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on in my life? Like it was just crazy. It was just crazy. It was really crazy. Yeah. And I, I didn't know if I was alive or dead. And that was a weird feeling that I would get a lot when I was like really, really fat. Like, is this real? Am I alive? Am I dead? Did you ever feel like that? I definitely, I mean, I, I mean, you also didn't have like little people in like a total circus show around you 24 seven. Yeah. I wasn't living in a dream. Yeah. I was, uh, but, but I, I think I know what you're saying. I mean, I, I think just like what my idea of what normal life was, I couldn't relate. Like I had a vision of what n- normal real life was and that wasn't my life. And I always wanted to be normal and never felt normal. And, but I still, I still don't feel normal. I still feel like I look at people like who I project normalcy on and I go, that person knows what it is to live in the manner that I think is right, you know, and, and they're, they're not constantly thinking about food and if they ate too much or if they didn't eat too much, like it's not a, it's not a thing following them around, but I think it will be for me. So, so you didn't have addiction problems with other no, I did things. Yeah, I totally okay. did. Yeah. I'm sober. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it wasn't just the food. It was, it was for me anyway, you know, everyone's different, but for me, it was a lot of things, you know, and like. I would always say, oh, I don't do cocaine. And like for being up at night in that environment was a big deal. Obviously, a lot of people do. And I'm like, oh, I don't do blow. I don't do the drugs. I don't do that. I don't do this. But I take a sleeping pill every night. Right. You know, that's a drug. Yeah. But I would not in my head. It didn't think like it was a drug because it's prescribed by a doctor. Right. But it's still a drug. Sure. You know, oh, I, I drink a vodka Red Bull or I drink, you know, a light beer or whatever. And I get buzzed or I get like hammered. And I'd be like, well, it's fine. It's just liquor. Yeah. So I just eat. I drank. I took a sleeping pill. And or eat again. You yeah. know, I live in hotels, order, ho- you know, room service, not exercise because I'd be hungover the next day. So I was eating, drinking, and I was gambling. And I lived in casinos. You know? Right. So those for, for vices, that's enough. To, it's a lot of vices. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, f- I found that I could um, try and transfer my kind of propensity towards addiction. Like for a long time, I rode bicycles in an addictive way. And now I lift weights potentially in an addictive way and I count and weigh my food in a potentially addictive way. But I think these addictions or habits that I'm cultivating are more geared towards long-term survival, whereas many of the other addictions were geared towards death at some point. Yeah. But I, but yeah, like caffeine is a drug. I still have caffeine, you know, I'm, so I'm not a hundred percent drug free, I guess, in that sense, you know. Right. But it's better. Or cheese. Cheese is a drug. Sure. Cheese triggers the opiatic receptors in your in your brain. Is that true? Yeah. I haven't eaten. That's why real people cheese love cheese. Time. Think about like how crazy people go for pizza and cheese. I have my vegan cheese, so I'm good. Does it do the I same? I do vegan thing? cheese as much as I can, even when I'm like off vegan. Right now, I think I'm going to be vegan for a good amount of time. Will it hit forever. the same receptors? Vegan um, cheese? Is it just yeah, it's like not, fat I don't, I don't, molecules? I'm not, a, I'm not like a scientist, but right. I don't know if it tastes good to me. People don't like it. Some people love it. I don't know. I love it. The only cheese I've had in a long time has been fat-free cheese, and I got to say it's does really little to nothing for me. I think it's got to be the fat. That I hits really love cheese, and like, you know, if you look at, you know, right now after I lost all the weight, I don't know if you have this problem, but I have this problem now. If I eat 
shitty, I sneeze. Like I'll literally sneeze 10 or 15 times. Yeah. Do you have that also? I have, yeah. 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 So like if I eat bread or if I eat cheese and I eat a lot of it, I'll start sneezing. So my body now like puts me in check. Yeah. And it makes me feel like shit if I eat bad. It's really cool. I don't have it with carbohydrates right now. I have started eating carbohydrates again to give me energy in the gym and I haven't had it, but like, but I know what you're saying. Like, I think if I ate a donut right now, I would feel shit. No, it's shitty food. Like if you eat meat or chicken, I'm sure, you know, that's healthy. I'm sure your body's, oh, mine anyway. Yeah. If I eat like that stuff. I just, if I eat too much, I don't feel good. But like, if I, if I eat shit, I sneeze and I get sick. It's yeah. instantly. Yeah. It's like gross and annoying. And so you're just like, all right, I don't want to. This, this happened up until like right literally two days before I got quarantined, whatever, 30, 40 days ago that was. I was at, uh, I was at Catania eating shitty and I sneezed. And I sneezed on my best friend, Jeff Ross, the comedian. And I sneezed on him. And I was like, <clears throat> and he's like, dude, what the fuck? You just sneezed on me. I'm like, he's like, it's Corona. I was like, relax, bro. Like, you're not going to yeah. get it. And then like four days later, I'm locked in my house in the quarantine because yeah. a friend of mine got it. And I literally lost my mind. And, uh, Anyway, but I sneezed on him from the eating. I was eating like shitty sushi. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. I did a two-month liquid diet at one point. And when I came out of it... 60 days? 60 days. Oh. It might have actually been 80 days. What weight, like, 80 what weight days. stage? That did you was do like, all water or did you mix it up? No, I, I had protein shakes, but it was like four or 500 calories a day. Very, very No, but what, 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 what I was, were you weighing at? I was, that was the first. That was 540 down to like four. My first diet too was juices, green juice. Yeah. I did green juice. Coming out of that, when, you, when I was transitioning onto solid food, I had a whole list of shit I couldn't eat. And one of the things on there was vinegar. And I was like, I'm going to have a salad. And, and then I was like, how is vinegar something I shouldn't eat? Like that they say not to eat when you come back on. And I was like, that's bullshit. I'm just going to have vinegar. So I made a little dressing, put it on my salad, ate the salad, and then had the weirdest reaction. I was sneezing. I had fucking goop coming out of my eyes like I'd blink and From my vinegar? vision would go blurry. Listen, today it would take so much to create a reaction. I don't know if it was vinegar. I can eat vinegar every day now and nothing <laughs> happens to me. But at that point, coming out of it for whatever reason, when I ate after not having eaten for two months, I had some crazy reactions. Now, I've been tested, blood tested for allergies. I have no proper allergies like that they can discern from a scientific method. But I do remember eating this salad and having crazy physiological reactions, which sounds to me like what you're talking about. You know, if you clean your system out so much and then enter in something, who knows, you could have crazy reactions like that. Yeah. And it, it ties, in my opinion, it ties into your brain too. Like when your body's all clogged up and it's all toxic, that really affects the way you think also. Yeah. You know, I learned that over the, you know, since 2014. I mean, it's been six years, five years yeah. that I've, I've lost. It took me, how long did you do it until? Well, I did, I did, the first 80 pounds was quick. I lost 80 pounds in two months. And then I added food in and weight loss slowed down a lot, but I continued to lose weight down to about slowly down to about 300 or just under 300. And then I gained some back again up to about 400. And then I lost again to 200. And then I gained back to 400. And now I'm at 260. Nice. Yeah. 
Yeah, so I was 440. I went down to 190. So I was down to 250 to be exact. Yeah. Um, and then I went back up to 245, and then I just lost 25. So, you know, I want to lose about another 40 yeah. and just get ripped. <laughs> Not really. That's what I'm going to do. I, I love getting ripped. Yeah. It's my favorite thing right now. Yes, I haven't been ripped in so fucking long. It's the best. I haven't, I haven't had stomach abs since, like, I had to cut out my intestines when I was in, like, my early 20s. I lost, like, a foot of one of the intestines. Really? Yeah. Do you think that had any effect on weight gain? No, zero. I gained weight because I was a fucking animal. Right. You know? Yeah. So. So you're now you're now mostly vegan. Right now I'm pure vegan. Okay. Um, I'm going to keep it for a little while. It's not like I haven't drank liquor in a long time. After that, I was doing like once a month I was drinking liquor. Yeah. You know, and then it became twice. And it was becoming like two, three times a week to the end, to the last like couple of months. And I was like, all right, you're out of control. Yeah. And I pulled together. When you talk about changing your brain, what do you mean? Like, what are the steps that you take to change your brain? Well, I started by just doing a couple of therapy, just a couple of therapy sessions. And it was like night and day. Yeah. Just happier, more peace, more like understanding of why I had certain thoughts and why I didn't have certain thoughts and just kind of rewiring my brain. And I just did it a couple of times and I never did it before. I never saw a therapist. And, you know, I grew up, my parents both died when I was young and I created this crazy show and you can call it the word materialistic or superficial or whatever, but you know, it was what it was. And that was the show was my family. So you say, why would you do it? You know, 24 seven. Well, the show became my family. The people on the show became my family. And it was just a nonstop 24 seven thing. So I never had time to think or do anything by myself because I was always constantly surrounded by, you know, hundreds of people, literally. Yeah. What, but okay. So you go to therapy, you think, you figure out what you're doing. Does it, are there physical steps that you have to take? No, there's, I mean, now I, I can advise someone based on what I did, but everyone's really different. You know, I mean, it worked for me. Yeah. And this place, a friend of mine went to this place in Florida. That's where I heard of it. And he also lost like over 200 pounds, turned his life around, was upside down financially, everything. And then came out of this place and Turned his business around, turned his health around, everything. He went raw vegan for a couple of years. Yeah. But one of the things I love about you is you say you have a big, big uh, social media following, and you say, DM me and I'll call you or I'll come meet you. And that is a message to everyone. Yeah. So it took me forever to get like the right advice from friends. Everyone says lose weight, lose weight. But, you know, you hear that when you're fat, you hear that. 10, 20 times a day, everyone around you, you know, and that doesn't, it doesn't work. Lose weight, lose weight, tuck, you know, suck it up, you know, come on, eat right. It's just, you know, try telling a drug addict, like, you're not going to give them drugs and it's right in front of them. You're not allowed to do it, but here, look, take a look at it. You know, the food's everywhere. Yeah. And they market it to you every second of every day. And so the reason why I help all those people is, you know, and the last couple months, I haven't even done the before and afters. I, I just did it recently because I lost like a significant amount of weight, but I, I was embarrassed for myself because I didn't finish the job, I told everyone. But prior to that, I was posting that. And then I figured, you know, if I talk to everyone or meet with them or do whatever I can do, you know, it was just, it was just give people guidance. And I have like a lot of friends that either got the stomach surgery that commits to get it or um, lost weight naturally. And a lot of people that just follow me and just meeting the like, you're an inspiration and I found you, or my friend told me about you and, you know, thank you. And I just, I talk to, you know, 30, 50 people a month. Yeah. You know, it's huge, dude. It's a lot. You know, some people follow up with me. Some people call me back, you know, a couple months later, like I lost a hundred pounds. I mean, you know, it's cool. It's like a little, 
weight loss, health, and wellness army yeah. out there. I was I was having a conversation with a friend of mine, Michael Malice, the other day, and um, he said something like, "Here's a here's a mind fuck. You have saved someone's life." And I was like, "No, I don't. I don't want that." I don't want to feel that kind of responsibility. And he was like, you have, think about it. If you inspired one person to change, you've saved their life. And I, and I said to him, well, here's my mind fuck back to you. What if I've killed someone? What if someone was so inspired, they went and did, you know, something and, and had a, an adverse effect. I don't want that either. And, and, uh, I have trouble wrapping my head around the idea of, helping people and telling because like you said people are all different so i get asked a lot like, no i get i get emotional i used to get emotional about it and then i went to a friend of mine who does um like all sorts of like drug rehab and weight loss and overeating and all that and he and i said look in the beginning when i first started doing it he was like i'm like why you know how come i'm not getting good effects because because you don't have a group and he goes people need a lot of times a support group around them yeah so then the the last three quarters, I would say, here's a doctor, here's a coach, here's a this, here's, and I kind of set up like a team around these people. Yeah. Um, I guess the next phase would be be setting up the Beechers group, you know, um, which I probably will do. But I, right now I set up like a whole team around everyone when I give them advice. Yeah. I say, hey, call this therapist, call this doctor, or find your own therapist, or call this doctor, or find your own ther- doctor that does this. And the group is really important, I think. Yeah, my group in the beginning was just my wife. It was kind of me and my wife. And and another problem I run into is having people ask me where should I start, and I just go like, look. I'm not a diet advocate. I'm I'm not a specific. I think diet. Oh, so I've been is great. like studying because I've really been like trying to figure out. It's so hard to figure out like what what could you tell people to do that would have got you. You know mm-hmm. what would have sold you. And what I see is mo everything's very complex to really lose the weight and keep it off. It's very complex, and you got to do one thing at a time. Yeah. So you just hit one thing. If you can just like knock out soda, you know, then the next thing you know, start drinking green juice. That's what I green juice, no sugar. And then you incorporate that and you just, you start getting rid of one thing, maybe that's a week and then incorporate another thing. And it's a slow, steady curve. You can go hardcore, you know, if you're really obese and lose that 20 to 40 or 50 pounds a month for two, three months, Yeah, you know, and then you're going to hit a wall and then you got to say, okay, what's, what's this? And I, th- so I, I found, think that's right. Yeah. Yeah. What, what, where are you? Cause we're not all the same. So you could have somebody starting who's morbidly obese, who could do something more radical than a dude who just wants to lose 30 pounds, which would be a different program. Right. Yeah. So, you know, I don't know. That's what, uh, that's what I did to myself. Like yeah. after I lost the initial going raw vegan, yeah, you drop a ton of weight, but then it hit a wall. But I lost about from that October to the following year, I lost 200 and change, something like that. Wow. So it was all in one year. I did it really. Wow. Yeah. I was dropping like 15 to 25 a month, every month. Yeah. That's insane. That's awesome. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. I was really very dedicated to yeah. the process. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 
Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. So you you went straight through with no breaks. Was the kind of the idea of maintenance is tough then? At the end? No, my break came at two hundred. I was like, "Fuck it, I'm at two hundred. Like this is like a weight a weight off my shoulders." You know? Yeah. And uh, yeah, I was just stoked, and I was like, "This is cool. My body's good. I'm good. I'm in like thirty six jeans or whatever." I was not thirty five. I remember. I was like, "Holy shit! I'm at decent like after high school and college." You know? Yeah. I'm good. Like I'm good. And then I just you know. I drank once a month. I would eat maybe a little bit of bread every day. Or when I eat Craig's, I'd eat some bread or, you know, you know, nothing, per- not eating perfectly, but I'd eat and enjoy life. And I'd let the food define me um, in the past. And now I just let it be like, you know, a little bit like a chapter. Yeah. You know, and that's what I did for a long time. And then it just got out of control again the last couple of months. Yeah. But I reined it in. That's the difference between me now and me in the past. Me in the past would... Let it go out of control. It would break through barriers. I go back up to five, six hundred. Me now stops it. Says, "All right, freeze, chill." Yeah, and yeah. that's where that's what you're talking about when you're talking about changing your brain. So, because I I rewired my brain to be at peace with everything and at peace with myself and happy and healthy, and I have so many tricks with that. You know, like like stupid, easy, simple, cheesy stuff. Where like I have a journal, so I wake up in the morning and I write before I go to sleep, and before uh, first thing in the morning, three, you know. My, my my daily goals, right? So I write three things that I'm happy about. Yeah. And then I write three things that would make today better. And then at night I write, uh, you know, why I write, um, what did I accomplish? You know, stuff like that. It's like a simple journal. That's huge. That's awesome. Yeah. And they say in like 30 days, if you do that every day, it reprograms your brain to be happy. You're waking up and you go to sleep. The last thing you do is you think happy thoughts. Right. And listen, I don't know. It would have worked for me, so I keep doing it. Yeah, no, I think that's great. I love anything like that where it's like, do this simple thing, see how it goes. It helped me. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm actually making a journal to like, because like the ones I buy online, they have some stuff and missing others. Like for mine, I'd love to have like work stuff in there too. So it's like my brain and like positive stuff about work and goals and all that. So I'm just, you know, I work on that. And then I have like... um, all the food things that I incorporate into the nighttime, like certain cutoff times, I like stop eating, I stop drinking juice or anything, and just go to water, and, and just like a lot of little, little, tri- little tricks I learned along the way. Yeah, that's awesome, man. What are some other tricks? Because I, I think I'm going to start. I'm going to try that journaling. Well, the journal's amazing. That's for mental health. Um, another thing, I mean, you know, this this is gets expensive, but you can also do it on apps. There's a lot of apps with guided meditation. I'm a huge, I love guided meditation. Yeah. You know, and I have a guy that I do it with out of the place in Florida 
Um, but there's apps that friends of mine use. I don't know the names of them off, my, off the top of my head, but this guy makes me a personalized guided meditation. But it's very similar to like the apps where I've listened to them and, you know, it's an hour of someone focusing on something for you. Yeah. Whether it's sleep or whatever. I recently just got off uh, sleeping pills. That's a huge. Yeah. You know, my body's most healthy when there's, there's nothing in it. And when I was traveling, I got addicted to them again and I needed them to go to sleep. And I just, I ju- literally just got off of them. Was that rough getting off? No, of them? no, it's it's fine. It was just like I had to do it. Yeah, you know. So I set a goal. I said a qu- three quarters of one, a half of one, a quarter of one. These amount of days and done. And the second I was done, I was done. Yeah, that's awesome. I <clears throat> have not had a huge amount of willpower with that kind of thing. I've been successful with like all or nothing. I'm going to take them all, or I'm going to take none of them. And I'm just going to suffer. I won't sleep for a week or two weeks or whatever it is. And then I'll be over it, you know. But I think the way you're talking about doing it is certainly a saner, more rational way of doing it. Yeah, totally. Setting out a plan, following your plan. Look, I was also very insane on these things, you know. So, you know, I'm I'm really happy. Like right now my body is, it's it's in a perfectly healthy zone. Nothing's going in it that's that's not perfectly healthy. That's a little extreme for a lot of people. So... You know, I'm going to do it at least for the next couple of months. And then maybe, a, you know, maybe I'll do a hybrid between uh, mostly vegan, semi-raw vegan, and a little bit of something. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'm going to go all vegan. I'm taking a, a cl- online vegan class right now. So I'm going to see how that goes, where I l- learn all about it. And learning about the, the learning practice how to cook or, oh, how to cook. Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like a culinary And make it grow sprouts, the whole nine. Yeah. So I'm just going to try it and we'll see how it goes. Do you, do you do like, uh, I, I, do you do raw vegan? Is that what you do? Yeah, I mean, right now, sometimes I've done it. I've done it when I was in the place. They're raw vegan there. It's very extreme. One of my wife's, I think her cousins or her aunt or somebody was super into that. And she had like a special kind of an oven that never got above a dehydrator. Yeah. yeah something yeah. like that, which is like a workaround to you're not actually cooking it. So you're the nutrients are still there, but it's. Yeah, it's it's, it's hard. It's a lot like. Being vegan is expensive. Being raw vegan is expensive. It just it takes a long time, like to learn it and understand it and get all new stuff. But you know, if you take that money and you spread it out and you put it against like medical bills for being unhealthy, it kind of you make it money. You know, it, th- this is a crazy point that you you bring up in a way. But when, when we think about the word privilege is thrown around a lot nowadays, you know, it's a hot button word like the social justice warriors will throw the word privilege. And the reality is in America, being lean and healthy is a privilege because it actually does require more money to get your hands on the the less nutrient-dense foods. Like, I knew a guy who was drinking soda literally because it was cheaper than water. Like a two-liter, he would buy a two-liter thing of soda. And and when I asked him about it, I was like, dude, you're drinking, that's a thousand calories. You're just drinking mindlessly. Water's zero cal. Like, what are you doing? And he said, this is cheaper than a bottle of water, which was so hard for me to, you know what I mean? Um, You go into the store and the the cheapest food has a lot of energy in it, you know, packed with fat and sugar and not necessarily packed with protein, but I guess there's some in there too. But, but so the idea of like, you know, I, I have, I had a, a, one of my wife's friends said, everybody should just eat uh, pastured eggs. 
And I was like, you're spending $16 on a dozen eggs. Can everybody afford to spend $16 on a dozen eggs? I don't think, I don't think that's realistic. So really like getting that super not processed food is a bit of a privilege in America. You know, being lean is a bit of a privilege. It's, it's a wild concept. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, it's like, you know, but at the end of the day, um, it works. Sure. And it works a lot better than eating shitty. I I totally agree. Like that's, I want the majority of my food that I eat is organic or it's not, it's, it's got very little ingredients and that's takes time to prepare and it's not the cheapest stuff you can get. You know, I am totally with you. Yeah. It works. No, it totally does. And, you know, I look at, it also worked when I was a complete animal, you know, and drinking and eating and that got my career to a certain point, but I, I should have been dead. Right. Like I literally should have been dead. And there was multiple things that happened to me aside from the mental breakdown that where I should have been dead. And, uh, I didn't, and I always thought I was going to die in my mid thirties, you know, and then I just thought, all right, you're still alive. You're still alive. Then it's like my late thirties. And I'm like, all right, God's giving you another chance. You yeah. Know? Don't fuck it up. Yeah. And that's when I when I went to that place and I was like, all right, I'm going to totally leave my entire life of, of this, this glamorous living in hotels and, and having the, the greatest event theater, you know, company in the world and the most fun, well, the most fun, not the greatest because there's a lot bigger companies, but, you know, the most fun one. And it was, it was an incredible experience, but if I kept going that way, I would have been dead. So I had to make a drastic change. Yeah. And so that was 2014. That was the end of the madhouse. And what have you been doing since then? You worked for Airbnb? Yeah, I consulted for them. Incredible company, incredible run. Did all their celebrity relations. And what are you doing now? Are you allowed to talk about it? I, I work for a lot of countries. and I, I mean, that's a, that's a crazy yeah, thing to say, Vicha. Yeah. You work for a lot of countries. That's a crazy thing to say. It's are you fun. a spy? No, no I'm, I'm kidding. I'm we do, kidding. We do consulting. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's just, it's fun. It's great. Get to travel the world, and uh, you know. And now, what I'm trying to do is, I'm trying to figure out which businesses I want to get to in the health world. Make that part of my official DNA. Lose the final weight. Get down to the 175, the 180 range, and just be jacked and ripped and happy and healthy, and stay that on the road. Which I'm never, I've never been able to sustain. You know, that healthy, perfectly healthy diet, or not say diet lifestyle, while I'm on the road. And instead yeah. of making it a diet, where I'm dieting, I want to change my lifestyle to. This is my new lifestyle. This is it. Just like I was with eating and drinking and gambling. Here's my new lifestyle. Here's what I do in my new life. That's it. Stop fucking around. And create a this template too. Like you talked about yeah. the Beecher group. I personally, I don't know. Like when I go away to work, I spent months out of Los Angeles last year working. And those are the hardest for me. And similarly, this quarantine is has been difficult because I am great with a schedule. If I can plan out my week and like Monday, this is what I'm doing. Tuesday, this is what I'm doing. This is what I'm going to eat. This is what I'm going to exercise. This is when I'm going to see my kids. Like I can do anything if it's scheduled out. But the minute you throw uncertainty into it, I get nervous that I'm going to make bad decisions. And I used to get the same exact way. And now I've just gotten over that. I'm just like, you know, I, I got to travel for work, you know, even in the new world, whatever this this is going to look know. like. Yeah. No, but the, eventually you know, everyone's going to start traveling again. And, you know, I'm not, this is what I do. I got to travel. And people yeah. love traveling and people love going away. And so um, it's what I do for a living. And then I got to, I got to travel. You can do so much on Zoom and yeah. FaceTime. When, when you travel, do you feel like 
even within the parameters of the schedule is going to be messed up or whatever it is, I'm going to be in a new place with unknown factors. Are you building schedules in no, there? Because I'm just going to stop doing what I do. Like when I would travel, I go to New York, you know, you go, I stay at the Bowery and you go in the, in the lobby and you go eat a snack at 10 p.m. or 11 p.m. That's keeping you up to one. Yeah. I'm just going to stop doing all that shit. Yeah. You know, if I drink tea, make sure there's no caffeine in it, you know, and it's organic and not get jacked up at 10 or 11 o'clock at night. You can still have a meeting with someone and drink a water yeah. or a decaffeinated or whatever, no caffeine, you know, and just, to get it, just make lifestyle changes where I stop doing certain things and just maintain that and not think like, all right, I'm going to do, I'm going to be bad once a week or once every two weeks. I got to just change yeah, and do the final pro- process here yeah. in my body and my brain. Yeah, I've, I yeah, that's another thing I struggle with the idea of being bad because I don't want it to be bad because I find that when I do bad things, <laughs> it's hard for me to get back to doing good things, you know? Does that make sense? <laughs> totally, bro. Totally. Yeah, so I try to figure out a way that certain things I I don't do mostly are okay to do occasionally because when I think of them as bad, then I'm like doing this bad thing and then I'm like just on a bad path again. It's fucking, it's a mind fuck. It really is a lot about how your brain is processing this shit. Yeah. Yeah. At the end of the day, you have to do it yourself and you're alone doing it. But I was at incredible people pushing me incredibly. I found the best of the best, you know, train people to train me and all that kind of stuff. And that's what you got to do to like get through this. Yeah. It's not, you know, it's easy to sell, you know, here's the wonder diet, here's the this, but it, you know, and, and make, like, just do the X, Y, and Z. But it really, as you know, it's not that it's so, there's so many detail to losing hundreds of pounds right. and changing your lifestyle. This is what I went into this quarantine with. And that's, that's why I was like, all right, like I, I, I just bought a house and I had a house I was renting for during construction times and a buddy of mine lives there. Everyone's like, stay there. And I was like, no, well, one, I got quarantined, you know, so I had to stay by myself. But yeah. two, I was like, I don't want, I want to be alone. I want to go through this myself and I want to set up my new systems where I'm going to wake up and get into a routine and a lifestyle where you asked for a trick earlier. Another one is, you know, it's just moving. I don't, I don't know if you went through this, but like, you know, I, I like to move two, three hours a day. You know, if you just go outside, you hike, you find a set of stairs, you go up and down, whatever it is. Um, I just got a treadmill in my house, put it in, you know, do the treadmill for an hour or two. And you can do this stuff slow. You don't have to do, you know, nine miles an hour jogging or sprinting. You can do a two and a half hour, a two and a half uh, mile an hour walk. Yeah. Or three mile an hour walk. And you just you're moving and you're circulating your blood and your brain and you're in the outdoors and, you know, you're, you're, touching nature and that work that really helped me I would, yeah. do, I would do hikes around my neighborhoods i would do go to whatever local track there was and you know you can sit on the phone you can work there's no excuse yeah so that just constantly you don't need a trainer you don't need you you do i know you work out hard but and i'm going to start but to lose the weight or initially you don't need any of that at all no you don't you don't you don't need i mean look the reality is you need to be drinking water and eating good if you just if you just did something as simple as eat exactly what you've been eating, but cut it in half or, or cut out a quarter of it, you'll probably lose weight. You know, I mean, it could be that rudimentary. Cut out sugar, go even broader, cut out, you know, there's diets where it's like cut out carbohydrates. That's huge. You're going to, you're going to lose a lot of weight. Yeah. You don't need anything to do that. 
But it is helpful to have people. I I should rephrase it because I, I am a relativist on this. I find it helpful to have people to talk to about it, to set plans with, because I can constantly change shit in my head and go, my plan is X, and 10 minutes later, my plan is Y, and 10 minutes later, it's Z, and then it's W, and it can change constantly. It can fluctuate. Writing it down might be helpful, or communicating it with another person might be helpful. But yeah, honestly, anyone can start today. It's not... It, it, there's a multitude of data online that you could look at, and, you know, but I think you're right. Find some stairs to walk up. Go walk outside. Doesn't you not don't have to be preparing for a marathon. No, and it's just you know you make these changes, but um, you know the biggest part for me, and I'll say this again and again and again, was the mental part of it. Yeah, you know when I when I changed my 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 health, it was great. But when I changed my mental health, that's when the weight stayed off. That's when it will stay off forever. That's when it flowed off really quickly. That's when I was happy about it flowing off versus you know as you know as, as a former big guy, you're like, you're not happy during the process. You're miserable losing the weight. You don't want to lose the weight. You're fighting with yourself. You're, you know, the fat guy is in the skinny guy in your head and all the stuff. And, you know, I, when I fixed my head, it just totally changed. Yeah. And you, and you really can't understand it until you do that thing, but to, to beat it, you got to dive right into it. Yeah. And then you got to address what's one by one by one, all the things that are bothering you. And that's what I did. Yeah. And that, that makes weight loss so much easier. Change your brain. Change your body. Change your body. Set habits. And the change of the body will help with the change of the brain too, don't you think? They eventually will start to complement each other. Yes, for sure. Do you experience that? I think it, at first I was so lost that I was just kind of going to do whatever somebody suggested. Somebody that I cared about suggested. Did you get the stomach surgery? No. I just... I've only dieted. So I was jumped into it going like, what do I do? I don't know what to do. My wife told me, gave me a plan. I followed the plan. And then the first initial success of losing 80 pounds was enough to go like, oh, I can do this. Okay. So I got the stomach surgery. I got it after I lost 120 pounds. Oh, wow. You might say, why'd you do it then? I gained back a little bit of weight. So it wasn't like a straight line down. And I said to myself and my best friends, I said, if I ever gain back the weight in any way, not all the way back, I'll make a change. And this is after I started doing, you know, therapy, mental therapy and, and, uh, and meditation. I started gaining a little bit of weight and I said, all right, I'm going to go. Ahead. So I just literally went and go, I didn't even talk to anyone about it. I just went and did it. And that was a huge help also because it just was like, not only did I have the motivation and, and focus to get it done, but then I couldn't even, even if I wanted to in the beginning, over time, your stomach grows back over four or five years, and you can eat shitty again. You can eat a lot of food. But at the beginning, it helps you right away. Right. So it helped kick me in. So no matter what, in the next six months, I, was, I, was, I wasn't eating anything bad. Because if you ate something bad, you get sick. Right. So, yeah, so that, that helped a lot. I even started – well, I just started my foundation, which is well, – so the Beecher Foundation pays for people that can't afford stomach surgeries. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's huge. I know. Because it's needed. Because a lot of people I help, but can't afford it. Yeah. And it's because sometimes when someone's, like you said, you were so out of control, I was so out of control. Sometimes the answer is like, all right, well, here's a here's a crutch. Yeah. Well, of course. And it helps you get past the hump, and then you can figure everything else out. I think, but I think any anything we do, any diet, any plan, any uh, the surgery, it's all a tool yeah. for weight loss. Like I know people that got that balloon, is that what it's called? When they tie, they tie up your stomach, they don't cut it. They tie it. Like a sleeve? I know about no, the no. sleeve. No, no, the sleeve is that that's a tie. 
I forgot. Let's call it the balloon. I don't okay. remember. They like put something around your stomach. They and they take it off, and there's like a pump. It's like I don't. I don't. So know you I mean. feel full all the time, maybe. Yeah, and I know people that have gotten it and had it taken off because they know they could. Right. That's why it's like really. It's it sounds scary, but and it was scary. I went I went four times over being obese for 15 years to get the surgery, and I left the the hospital or the surgery center each time, not having done it. Wow. I was such a pussy, but I was it was good. I mean, it helped. You know, me be me and. My company thrived on me being fat and crazy and, yeah. you know, but it, the timing when I needed to have it done was perfect. And then it was like a friend of mine went with me and there was a girl, she was like yelling at me and then she had the doctor drug me and I was like trying to run again. And then the fourth time I just, I remember the drugs kicked in and, and I was knocked out. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's a scary thing to do and want to do too. Because you're, you're cut. It's not about the surgery or like cutting yourself or like that you're thinking about them going in you, all that kind of stuff. It's scary because you're getting cut off from the drug that you love, food. Right. And you know it's it's the end. Yeah. It's the end of your love affair with, with the dirty food, you know? And that's what was the scariest thing about the surgery. And you're like, I don't want to do it for that. That's the reason. Yeah. You're addicted to that drug and you know it's the end. That surgery decision is the end of that drug. And after I, I went through all the, the, the therapy and the changing of the lifestyle and all that, I said, you know what? Fuck it. I got to make this change because otherwise I'm just going to be 500 pounds miserable and dead. Right. And or dead. Right. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's a real interesting perspective because at the end of the day, you can stop doing a diet whenever. Like if, yeah. if the, whatever it is that you're eating or you're doing that's contributing to being obese really does mean a lot to you, which I imagine it means a lot to people, meant a lot to me, then it's easy. Like, I'm not going to have this thing today, but if I decide to, I can. If I if I need it that bad, I can. But the minute you do that surgery, it's more permanent. So yeah. it's, it's almost a scary thing to confront it in that way. Yeah, it was scary. But, you know, at the end of the day, I'm so happy I made the decision. I tell anyone they ask me or anyone I'm talking to, they, if I don't think they have it on their own, I say, look, this is my opinion. This is what I did. You make your own decision. But it's it's so good. Yeah. It was for me. It was perfect timing, perfect everything. And then, how can people get a get a hold of you or or apply if they if somebody wants to get that and they can't afford it? Like, how do they find out about that? Well, I'll I'll, I'll make it very. You know, we ju- I literally just set it up and all this stuff happened. Okay. With Corona and everyone getting quarantined, and they can go to my website jeffbeecher.com. Yeah. You know, and uh, it'll be on there. Yeah. And then the the. The charity will become its own thing. Yeah, I I, I don't think they're even doing that right now. No, like, there's nothing like it. It's all. And I got I got like really good hospitals signed on and doctors signed on to help too. And yeah, it's really cool. Some big celebrities are involved. You know, it's gonna be dope. That's amazing. I had a buddy who was set to get it, and I think he had thought about getting it a number of times and had also backed out and was gonna get it. I guess a week before. We went on quarantine. Oh, really? And he was asking me, like, should I still do it? And I said, yeah, because... Did he do it? No, they canceled. Everything got canceled. And, um, but I think he was going to. And then they said, we're not doing this kind of procedure for a while or for however, I don't even, they didn't even give him a time frame. They just said, we have to cancel. I was emceeing at Coachella a weekly. I mean, I had a stomach surgery Saturday. That Friday I was emceeing at Coachella. How did that feel? It was fine. Yeah. I mean, I was also on liquid Vicodin. 
<laughs> from the surgery, but you know, it was fine. Yeah. yeah. You got through Coachella. Would you have been at Coachella this year? Probably. Maybe I go every year for work and stuff, but right. I don't know, maybe. You don't do a thing there though, do you? No, I don't do shows anymore. Yeah. We did a show that night. All right. So you got your foundation killing it in the, I, I also think, I also wonder how it is for people alone right now under quarantine. Like, is that extra hard? You know, I don't know. I'm just so used to it from between going to like the mental rehab and going to the, I call it my, my, my food rehab, but the vegan place in Florida, you know, I'm just used to the being alone part. So I don't, I don't mind it. You know, it's, it's a really, it actually just gets me refocused and remotivated. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's gotta be killing a lot of people. It's driving me nuts. Drove yeah. me nuts, and I'm used to it. Yeah. Yeah, it's how you live, and yeah. it's driving you nuts. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think for, um, it could be important for people to make sure they connect with somebody every day, maybe during this time. A lot of people are more alone now than they necessarily were before. That's another one of my things. I reach out to three people every morning that, that are down. Yeah. Friends I know that are off. Yeah, be of service in that way. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Well, you have a very inspiring story. Thanks, man. You do too. Thank you. It was I'm awesome. Helping us both get our messages out to everyone. Yeah. I think that that foundation you're setting up is going to be really important. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. yeah. I'm very excited about yeah. it. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you, buddy. Now for some Q&A. Michael writes, how do you calculate what macros you need for the different goals you have set, i.e. pure weight slash fat loss, muscle building, maintaining? That's a great question, Michael. Thank you. Basically, the first macro I calculate is how whatever my weight is, I eat one gram of protein per pound of body weight. And after that, the calculation is just caloric. So if going to be doing fat loss, if I'm on a fat loss phase, then look at what my remaining calories are. And basically a gram of protein is worth four calories. A gram of carbohydrates is worth four calories and a gram of fat is worth nine calories. And so I take my 260 grams of protein I figure out what the calories are for that. I figure out how many calories I have left. And then I divvy that up between carbohydrates and fat. And I have found over the last year that for the kind of workouts I'm doing, I feel better with more carbohydrates than I do fat. But it you can do whatever whatever makes you feel good, basically. You, you can calculate those macros however you want, but it is all basically calories and uh, how much energy my body requires, how much energy my body requires to lose weight. I don't want it to be so extreme that I'm losing muscle. And the first and primary source of fuel is going to be protein to repair the muscle that I have that I'm going to be damaging by lifting weights. That is how I calculate my macros. And then when I go on to maintenance, I don't need to increase my protein. I'm kind of maxed out on that. I just um, increase my carbs and fat. Uh, I haven't done muscle building yet. You guys will be the first to hear about it when I do. That will be an interesting journey. I wonder if I'll have a meltdown about gaining weight because I will be gaining weight. It'll be very interesting. I can't wait to do that. Uh, thanks for the question, Michael. If you have a question you'd like me to answer on the podcast, please submit it to AmericanGlutton.net. 
Thanks for listening to this episode of American Glutton. I'm Ethan Suplee, and as always, joined by my chaperone, Paige Dorian. Follow us on Instagram at American Glutton Podcast. Sincerely. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.